Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for our sister and brothers who've led us as we've sung praise to your name. You alone are worthy of our praise. We thank you, Lord, that they have expressed for us and led us to honor, glorify, and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to be in this place tonight. <clears throat> and we thank you for the opportunity we have to open the Word of God. What a privilege it is to be able to read God's Word in our own language and for you to give us by the Holy Spirit insight and understanding into these truths. We pray, Lord, that tonight all of us face circumstances in our life and we need the wisdom of God. And we know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We pause tonight recognizing that you, you see everything about us tonight as we sit in this place. You scrutinize, you see us, you understand, you weigh our motivations and our desires. We cannot hide from your sight. We are blessed and we are graced by you, not by anything that we do, all of grace, all of mercy, all of kindness, all of love, forgiveness. May our lives count for the cause of Christ in however much time that you give us. If you extend our days, may our lives, whatever, whatever our physical condition might be, our circumstances might be, May we honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. May this church honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. May we do what you tell us to do. May we, may we hear your word as you've spoken to us to go and invite the uninvited, to go and associate with the least. We pray for orphans tonight, foster children, those who are struggling to make it, who don't know where to go, they can call on you. You always answer. You are Father to the fatherless. You give grace to the humble. And you're the light to those who sit in darkness and bondage. Through the name of Jesus, there's freedom and power. Forgive us of our sins and prepare our hearts so that we might truly hear your word tonight. Make a difference that we've been here tonight. May this not just be a ritual. May we truly find in your word tonight something for our lives that we need. And we thank you so much for the privilege to do this together in these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Good to see all of you. If you have your Bibles, find your place in Proverbs chapter 16. And there are outlines available at the back and also here at the front. We'll continue uh, to look at these various truths, talking about living wisely. Living wisely. Seeking to live in a wise way that honors God. I found it the most valuable, as you know we've been doing. We just take the text and we look at the chapter together. And we, I'll lift out for you tonight some things 
that I think will be good. It's not certainly all that's in the chapter. In fact, we're, we're primarily focusing on the first 20 verses of Proverbs 16, but we, we've been reading the entire chapter. If you're joining us online, may the Lord bless you. We miss you, but we're honored that you've joined us. Uh, you need your Bible. It'll help you if you have your Bible out so that you can read along with us. And as I've said to you each week, you know, the book of Proverbs is helpful for us in a lot of ways. And here's the picture. You go through the book of Proverbs and these amazing, we're in this section now that compares uh, and contrasts the righteous and the wicked. It's a contrast. It's a set of contrasts. And so we'll be following this along and then we'll be moving and changing direction uh, Lord willing, in the uh, weeks ahead when we'll come to chapter 19 where it talks about our life and our conduct. Right now we're looking at the contrast between righteousness and wickedness. What does it look like? But tonight we pause again to think about the theme of the book of Proverbs. The theme of the book of Proverbs is the fear of God. And we elaborated on that a few weeks ago. I would encourage you, if you did not get the outline there for that, it really forms the basis of many of my comments around the fear of God. And it is an essential truth that God's people need to know in the modern day. It seems that along the way somewhere we lost an understanding of the fear of God. But to live the Christian life uh, joyfully, righteously, with holiness, we must live in the fear of God. So let's read uh, together first of all. So we ended Proverbs 15, 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom. If you read the uh, Targum, the Aramaic paraphrase, it reads a little clearer. The fear of the Lord is the discipline of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the discipline of wisdom. Wisdom disciplines us when we fear God. This is how we gain instruction. This, is, this ties us to the book of Hebrews as we learn that uh, a father loves his children and so he disciplines us for our holiness. The fear of God disciplines us. The fear of God is the form that wisdom uses to discipline us. And to help us understand the right path to live, a righteous path. So we'll continue to refer back to the fear of the Lord. Let's read together Proverbs 16. The plans of the heart belong to man. But, and notice these contrasts. They always use the conjunction but. There are various kinds of, of uh, proverbs. But primarily the contrasting proverb uh, is the one used in this section of Proverbs. Uh, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So tonight, note how many times we see the, the word Yahweh. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but Yahweh, the Lord, weighs the motives. Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. 
Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not go unpunished. By loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, and this is the theme we'll pick up from in just a moment. By the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with the righteous, with righteousness than great income with injustice. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A divine decision is in the lips of the king. His mouth should not err in judgment. A just balance and scales belong to the Lord. All the weights of the bag are his concern. It is an abomination for kings to commit wicked acts, for a throne is established on righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and he who speaks right is loved. The fury of a king is like the messengers of death, but a wise man will appease it. And the light of a king's face is light, and his favor is like a cloud with the spring rain. How much better to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. But he who watches his way preserves his life. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. It is better to be humble in spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He who gives attention to the word will find good. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. The wise in heart will be called understanding, and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Understanding is a fountain of life to one who has it, but the discipline of fools is folly. The heart of the wise instructs his mouth and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. A worker's appetite works for him, for his hunger urges him on. A worthless man digs up evil, while his words are like scorching fire. A perverse man spreads strife, and a slanderer separates intimate friends. A man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. He who winks his eye does so to devise perverse things. He who compresses his lips brings evil to pass. A gray head is a crown of glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit, than he who captures a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. Heavenly Father, and I bless the reading of your word, and may the Holy Spirit be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So let's go back here, and we find our, our, our place again in this very important phrase in verse 6. By the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. 
by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. You notice the tone or the shift in Proverbs 16. The focus is on uh, these things that have to do with the fear of God keeping us from evil. And then we'll see, I've put this together in a little bit different way as we'll see these passages and how they apply to the various areas of our life. Uh, by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. What I've been doing for you, just so you can uh, practice reading it this way, is I've also given you below it, as I've explained to you, the, uh, the Aramaic uh, paraphrase that was given. They're sometimes called targums. I like to discipline you to know how to read those. I recommend you find those online and read them as you read through the Old Testament. They'll help you, give you insight. So it reads, by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. What I've put on your outline underneath that is uh, the, the uh, Aramaic paraphrase, evil is avoided by the fear of the Lord. Psalm 103.11, it's there in your, uh, on your outline. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness, please notice, toward those who fear him. Psalm 103.13, for just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. These are promises. Psalm 103.17, the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. So what a blessing it is to know the great love of God that is toward us. It's great. It's the great love of God toward us. You know, Paul uses this same phrase, God's grace toward us, the power of God toward us. This is what is for us who fear God. I want to take you for a moment and illustrate this principle that we find in verse number six. By the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. And so keep your place in Proverbs 16. And let's go tonight for another illustration. I've been trying to illustrate these week by week from one of the examples from the Word of God of one of God's men. Let's go to uh, Genesis 39, to a very famous passage, and so find it there in your copy of God's Word. Genesis 39, beginning in verse number uh, 6. This is Joseph. Joseph is now in charge, been put in charge of his master's entire estate, his home, his house, everything. Servants, all the rest. He has... He's become the faithful steward. He is the one who's been given charge by his, by his uh, master. So we read in Genesis 39, 6, So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge. And with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. What peace of mind this, this man had because Joseph took care of everything. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house and he has put all things he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. And here's the phrase. It's a famous phrase. Most of you have heard preachers preach on it. Now you hear another one preaching on it. How then 
could I do this great evil and sin against God? That's the language of fear of God. That's the language. That's the behavior. That's the language of fear of God. Now we see the actions of the fear of God. Verse 10, as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work. None of the men of the household was there inside. She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. He ran away. Fear of God. The fear of the Lord keeps one from evil. Evil is avoided by fearing God. This is for all of us tonight. How do I avoid evil? How do I avoid it? I fear God. I live in the fear of God. You see, living in the fear of God affects all the areas of my life. In Proverbs 15 now, let's go back, and I want you to see also another verse in chapter 15, verse 3. Again, the fear of the Lord. What must we remember? I, I, I elaborated, and I, I don't want to take too much of my time, but I want to, not all of you were here. I want to remind you again. What is it? The fear of the Lord is this idea that I do everything I do, I think everything I think, in the face of God, to the face of God. Uh, you know, what's our saying? I'm repeating, I'm repeating myself. What's our saying? We're upset with someone who is sneaking around doing something. Why, you, why didn't you do that to my face? Or we say it the other way, why did you do it to my face? That's our phrase. You do everything you do to the face of God. That sobers us. That should. Before a holy God, by the way now, 15.3, the eyes of Yahweh are in every place watching the evil and the good. There's not anything that's not been noticed by Almighty God today among the wicked and evil of the world, nor has there nor has there anything not been observed that's been done by the righteous, by our holy God. The fear of God is knowing that God sees, God knows, God understands and discerns who we are. So I'm saying to you tonight, as I look at these verses, and again, I'm giving you an illustration of how you can study the book of Proverbs. and This is just my attempt to show you some various ways to do it. To make observations. So what I've taken is I've taken these first uh, 20 verses or so and put them in some kind of an order so that we can see some of these ideas that relate to how God's authority, God, the fear of God, impacts my plans, my purposes, my pride, my, my lifestyle, my works, and my choices. So these six areas are what I want you to think about in your life tonight. Your plans. Now, I'm a planning person. And so Pat and I, we, we both, but we plan. Perhaps you're planners. You don't like for your plan to be uh, upset or changed. But life has a way of changing plans, right? You were going to do it here 
But what happened? Well, you have to do it there. Plans. I want you, I want you tonight, as we're going along now, uh, I'm trying to set you in your mind to receive this. So what are you planning in your life? What are your plans? This is an important question for us to ask as followers of the Lord. And we'll look in just a moment at this. Number two, what about your purposes? What is your purpose? How is it that you see your life and your life purpose? We know that the Word of God teaches us that when we come to follow Jesus, our, our, our primary purpose is to glorify God in the way we live and how we are. This would help some of us with um, sicknesses and other things that happen. So now that I have, uh, uh, so I am a, a cancer survivor, so uh, this is part of God's purpose for my life. I can spend all my time whining about it, complaining about it. I can, you know, bellyache about it and have a bad attitude about it, or I, I develop and understand God's purposes and my purpose. See, this is the order, not my purposes and will God do it. No, this is, that's, that's such a backward way, and sadly we've had teaching on that, even in the churches, it's not me and my purposes somehow for God to bless. It's God's purposes become my purpose. When you get to that place, you'll be content. I think about Tom Ivey. I'm not embarrassing him. I think about Tom Ivey sitting in here. And the story of the things that have happened in his life from a physical point of view. He's a walking miracle. Tom had to learn this, and he and I have talked about this he needs to give his testimony sometime. We, the, the, the reality is, is that God's purposes make my purpose. And that's what he does for all of you in this room. He has, a, he has his purposes for you to honor and glorify God in a specific way. And also pride. That is, how do we look at ourselves? How do we carry ourselves? We've been looking at this. Well, how the... Someone said to me the other day uh, about uh, the last couple of weeks when I was preaching, well, you know, we've been, when you, preach the God, when you preach the parables, when you preach the very words of the Lord Jesus, it's not the preacher's words that are powerful, it's the Lord's words that are powerful. He draws the line. Let me tell you, the Lord Jesus draws the line. Preachers get worried about it. Am I really going to say that? You better. You better say exactly what the Lord Jesus said. So may I remind you, he who exalts himself will be humble. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Tonight, are you proud in heart? Are you an arrogant person? Well, where are you in relationship to pride and humility? Uh, the next thing, your lifestyle. What no one else what, what, what no one else would do. How do you form your lifestyle? What do you do? What's your schedule? What's your plan of life every day? How do you use your routines? How do you honor God with your lifestyle? Well, this is important. And as we think about living in the fear of God, it affects our lifestyle, our works. So you're all putting your hands to something. You're doing something, you're working. You're working in all kinds of different ways. 
Some of you have more direct work at your job, but we all have work with our family. We work on things at the church. We work with our friends. We have works in our life. We do things toward others. And then finally, your choices. You know, this has to do with my will. This has to do with my will. This becomes very important for us, and I'll, I'll try to elaborate for a, a few minutes on this tonight. You see, the fear of God, uh, God knows uh, man's ways. And because he knows man's ways, man must come to appreciate how God then works in our life. He, if we fear God, we experience the blessing of following him and listening to him and trusting him. So let's look at some of these and we'll, we'll elaborate on them in, in the pattern that we find them here. I've tried to put them in some kind of order as they go down the, the page. Again, uh, I'm just lifting them out and challenging you around these thoughts. My plans. Now you think about your plans tonight. The plans, this is a strange uh, proverb here, chapter 16, verse 1. The plans of the heart belong to man. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The, the Aramaic helps us a little bit. A man may arrange his thoughts, but what he says depends on the Lord. That, that's a little clear. That's a little clearer for us. Uh, so the way I arrange my thoughts talking with some men the other day. Uh, one of our men was talking with a fellow who came to his house and the man was saying about he can't, he just needs to get in a right mind. And when he's going to pray, before I can pray, before I can, I got to get in a right mind. And one of our men was so helpful talking to him about the fact that, look, your mind is always going to be rushing and rolling along. It's always going to be, you wake up in the morning and it's like a torrent. Your mind just start. you, you get ready to pray and your mind is just rushing with all kinds of thoughts. You're, you're, you're evaluating all of your thinking and your thoughts. And perhaps it's just best to say to the Lord, Lord, my mind is, is running wild right now. You see it all. You know it all. Forgive me for not being focused yet, but here I am. Here I am. The plans, a man arranges his thoughts. Well, I need to think more about this. I need to think less about this. What do you think about? How do you arrange your thoughts? Obviously, there is a connection the Lord teaches us. What's in our heart is what comes out of our mouth. This would be the Lord's way of speaking about this same thing. What is it that I say? You know, you know, friends, that if you listen to people talk long enough, you know what they're thinking about. You really do. This is the best way we do it. When we're ministering to other people, just listen to what they're talking about and you, you can hear in their words what they're thinking about. Because our thoughts are tied to what we say. And so the mind, a man may arrange his thoughts, but what he says depends on the Lord. And then we also read in verse number nine, the mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. There is my planning, but then there is the override of God's direction. Well, this is what I planned to do, but the Lord took me here. And most of us in this room have lived long enough with the Lord to see, well, we were planning this, but what happened? God took us here. You've seen it. So have I. 
This is the glory of God in His reign in our life. A man may plot out his course, but it is the Lord who directs his steps, gives direction. He's our director. Remember the Holy Spirit now leads us. This is the beauty of it. So as we're planning, remember God is directing our plans. We're not directing our plans. This shows us the great sovereign authority of God over our planning and over our thinking. So I want to see and I want to speak. I want those things to come out of my mouth that are honorable to God, to arrange my thoughts in such a way. We, we, saw, it, uh, we saw it last week as we were thinking about this matter of pausing before you speak. Back in chapter uh, 15, we saw this whole idea of, you know, the, the righteous man... He, uh, he's deliberate, he or she is deliberate about what they're going to say. They pause, they take their words and establish their words before they say them. How would James say it? Slow to speak, quick to hear. Slow to speak, quick to hear. So when we fear God, He gives us the words to say in every suitable, every situation of life. And when we fear God, He directs in every life situation. One old preacher said, man proposes, God disposes. That's a good way to think about it. When we fear God, all holy desires, all good advice and just words come from our mouth. You see, when we fear God, we're careful about what we say. We arrange our words in such a way that they're to be helpful, as we've talked about before. And by the way, you notice that as you were reading Proverbs 16, the last section of this begins to talk about words again. Words. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, verse 24. Sweet to the soul. There's a way that seems right to man. It's in, you know, he goes down and talks about a worthless man digs up evil. Uh, while his words are like scorching fire, perverse man spreads strife. Again, these are all words, the power of words. But it all begins with the way we arrange our thoughts. And when we fear God, we are careful about what we, we think about things that God would be pleased that we are going to think about. And then from that comes good speech. This is what we must learn as God's people. Pause, think, reflect before you open your mouth or before you text or before you post. You have to say all of this now. Speaking is written speech is as powerful or more powerful than spoken words. All forms of speech. Number two, my purposes. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. So someone says to me, Pastor Mike, why is there such evil in the world? Friends, you know this. You know it. We're coming to the end of these days. This is what the Word of God says. Don't ignore it. Evil, great evil in these last days. It's troublesome times. Even the wicked have a purpose in God's purposes. And even evil days have a purpose in God's purposes. He doesn't make them evil, but the evil one 
And those who are evil like the evil one, the devil, have their purposes. God uses the devil in order to accomplish his purposes. So the evil of our world, so what does the what is the paraphrase? The Lord made everything for a purpose, even the wicked for an evil day. So when we fear God, we see His eternal purposes in all of our earthly purposes. See, this is our lens. When I know that when I am fearing God in His gracious, holy, glorious majesty, His, I'll use these words, you know them, omnipotence and omniscience. When we know, when we, when we, Consider Him in all of His glory, Father, Son, Spirit, our triune God. His purposes are what matter, not my purposes. <clears throat> he accomplishes His purposes through Jesus Christ. When we fear God, we understand that God uses the wicked and evil days for His purpose. How, where should I go in the Old Testament to illustrate? Where should I pick? Pharaoh? Nebuchadnezzar? I can go on, right? All through the Old Testament, over and over, we see these examples of the Lord has made everything for its purpose. We also read that in Ecclesiastes, don't we? Solomon comes back to this. Everything has a season. There is a purpose for everything under heaven. See, this is what we submit to. We submit to the authority of God in His purposes that we must live through in our life. We fear God. We understand that God uses the wicked and that God uses evil men to glorify Him. I still love the words of Psalm 7610. The wraths of man. It's, not, it's in plural. It's not the wrath of man. The wraths of man shall praise you. And God will be glorified even in the judgment of the wicked who will not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and bow the knee. My pride. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. That should be enough for me. If I fear God, I don't want to be a proud man. I want to be a humble man. I want to know God in such a way that it humbles me. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not be unpunished. The paraphrase, every haughty person is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not go unpunished. When we fear God, we will not be proud because we know God punishes the proud. And we've recently spoken about, a lot about this, so I won't elaborate here. My lifestyle, 16.2. All the ways of a man are clean. That's an interesting word in the Hebrew, clean in his own sight. It really is the idea of, uh, the, the paraphrase catches it, all the ways of a man seem right to him. But the Lord, how, do, how does the New American Standard reason? The Lord weighs, the Lord weighs the motives. Or the paraphrase, the Lord probes motives. And then we have in verse 7, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord. 
He makes his enemies to be at peace with him. When the Lord is pleased with a man's conduct, he may turn even his enemies into allies. That's the way the paraphrase reads. When we fear God, we don't think with self-righteousness. We don't. Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go here. I'm, you know, James picks up on this. And I've mentioned this to you before. And I, I don't have the time to do it now, but there are some powerfully, uh, powerful connections between James's work and the book of Proverbs. And there's great linkage there between the two and perhaps sometime I need to take and uh, do that for you and show you how you look at the book of James and the book of Proverbs and find these really tremendous themes from the book of Proverbs that are showing up in James. But what did James say? You know, you say, you're going to go here, you're going to go do business here, you're going to do, but if the Lord wills, remember? If the, you should say, if the Lord wills, not I'm doing this, I'm doing that, uh, you know, this idea of my plans and purposes and, and my lifestyle. When we fear God, we're not self-righteous, and when we fear God, we know He's probing and discerning us. You know, when I was a kid, uh, my dad, you know, this is back in the old days, you know, uh, he would read the newspaper. Does anybody here know what a newspaper is? You know, he'd come home and, and he was, you know, we, we had a schedule like all you have, you know, your own routine. I was just a kid. So, you know, he's going to read the newspaper when he gets home. Went to work early. He was, he was a, in his work, he would be home in the later afternoon. And, you know, I... Uh, my sisters were worse than me, but I would get in trouble and do things I shouldn't do. But he always would put down his paper and he knew exactly, he'd say, okay, why were you doing that? And I would think, how did he know? He wasn't there, but how did he know? God always knows. He knows. When we, when we fear God, we know He's probing us and discerning our motivation. How does the book of Hebrews say it? The Word of God discerns even to the separating of the soul from the Spirit. He discerns, he discerns our thoughts. That is the Word of God, but it is also there speaking of the Lord Jesus. Did the Lord ever not know what people were thinking? He always did. Even if they didn't say anything. Sometimes he would just say, why are you thinking that? You remember reading that in the Gospels? The Lord knows. What did he say to the churches in Revelation, my friends? What does he say to this church? I know your ways. And then he went on to elaborate. What does the Lord know about us? that we think no one else knows. You see, all the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motivation. That's why we need the fear of God. Lord, help me understand what I think is so good in my life. In fact, later on in this chapter, we, we read it uh, earlier in verse 25, 1625. There is a way which seems right to a man. This seems to be what I should do. 
but its end is the way of death. We must pay attention to our ways. This has to do with lifestyle. When we fear God, we please Him, and He makes our enemies like friends. doesn't mean that they become friends, but they're like friends. That's quite a great promise, isn't it? When the Lord is pleased with a man's conduct, he may turn over, as turn even his enemies into allies. Well, my works. You know, we think about this and we think about as life goes along and, and um, you know, uh, I, I don't even know anymore. I can't, I've lost count of, and I'm honored to have been a part of every funeral service I've ever been in here and all the ones I've done all my ministry life. A lot of funerals. That's part of the job. That's what we do. That's what pastors do. And I'm honored to be there at that time. Times of joy and times of sadness. So you always sit down with the family. Talk about the work that described the person. Sometimes the family's excited and joyful about talking about that work. Sometimes they're sad about what they describe as the work. You see, you shall know them by their fruit, the Lord said. You're going to know me by my fruit. I'm going to know you by your fruit, the way I live, what lasts from my life, what I leave behind that matters. The old, the old evangelist that had such an influence on me, Leonard Ravenhill, are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? Only what you do for God will last. The rest of it's gone. So how have you done with your work? Commit your works, plural, to the Lord and your plans will be established. It's a great linkage here. Works to plans, to purpose, to God's direction. It's a fascinating study on its own. Entrust your affairs to the Lord, the paraphrase says, and your plans will succeed. Entrust your affairs to the Lord. What are you working on? A just balance and scales belong to the Lord all the weights of the bag are his concern. We know this is the old measure. This is the scales used, you know, in the ancient world for business. Uh, business. You know, the bag's in there, and the trick was you put trick rocks in there to sometimes deceive. The Lord knows what's in the bag. It's a great phrase. The Lord knows what you're doing with your business dealings. He knows what's in the bag. All the weights in the bag are his work. God's going to take, if you, he knows how you're doing it, and God, again, overrides. He does. For those who fear God, we commit our daily work to him for his glory. And when we fear God, we live in honesty in all of our business transactions, even if we don't get the good deal. What did you tell your children? You tell the truth even if it hurts. You tell the truth in business. You tell the truth in your family. You tell the truth in your relationships. Truthfulness, the honesty of the scale. Honest scales and balances are the Lord's. 
This is the way we do our work. We do our work with honesty and integrity. We, we do what we do whether people see us or not. God sees us. God sees what I'm doing. I'm talking about me personally. He knows what I'm doing. He knows how I'm using my time. I do it before the Lord. Though no one else may see. When we fear God, we live diligently in all of our ways while we trust the Lord for His blessings on our work. That's why it's this good, this good phrase. This is about skills now. This is not about the Word of God. Here we read in, uh, in uh, number 20, verse 20, as we finish here. He who gives attention to the Word will find good. It's not the Word of God. It's who pays attention to what's said. It's the skill of listening. It's diligence. He who gives attention, that's, the, that's a great word in a world where people have no attention. They can't do anything for 10 minutes. So here it is, this blessing. He who's adept in a matter will attain success. Happy is he who trusts in the Lord. You take your skills and you trust God. You do what you do diligently and you trust God. That's why I've always loved, uh, and I know my time's gone, that's why I've always loved what Peter said when he was talking about the importance of you know, supplement, add to your faith, be diligent, add to your faith. We must show diligence in how we practice and live our life. And finally, our choices. The lot is cast into the lap. We all know in this room, I don't need to give you a statement. You know, you know they, threw the, they threw the lot. They, they, they cast lots. The, the, the lot is cast into the lap. The decision depends on the Lord. Lord, what am I to do? Well, let's cast the lots. We need another apostle. Cast the lots. Whatever form of decision making you use, when we fear the Lord, regardless of how we make our choices, God decides the direction of our life. See, this is His overriding uh, sovereign lordship over our lives that we must learn to submit to. So tonight we end with these words again. By the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord Jesus is near the door. My dear friends, we say it all the time, don't we? And we pray, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank You for tonight and thank You for again this chance to go to Your Word. A lamp to our feet and a light to our path. May we hide Your Word in our heart that we might not sin against You. I thank You for my friends who are here tonight. We pray for our friends who are not able to be with us wherever they are traveling this summer, other places. Thank you for all that's going on in our church these days and even tonight. And we pray you'd bless our time as we go and give us safe travels. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Lord willing, see you Sunday. Have a good rest of the week.